Okay, so now we're back with part two, and and uh, I believe insurance companies should be able to negotiate on behalf of the individual, um, and sort of get these prices outlined beforehand. Um, so basically, we've we've established that that the sort of anti-market way of solving this problem is to reduce the number of doctors physically by by set by getting rid of certain specialists and also uh reducing future enrollment in in medical schools and reducing the average wage given to doctors which which is sort of a double if not triple whammy on supply of doctors and and this sort of supply uh, constraint will will lead to worse health outcomes uh, and wait times and all that kind of stuff, even if there are cheaper costs. Um, and so I I think that only a market mechanism can reduce costs adequately, but also not result in supply shortages. Um, because I mean, if we're talking about a doctor shortage in the U.S. right now. Uh, and we're comparing that to Canada, where we have a hundred, we have almost double the number of specialists per capita. Uh, I mean, that that's incredible. The, the moves to, um, the moves to go to a Canada-esque healthcare system would massively hurt those numbers um, on a couple of fronts, as I've stated already. Um, so we went through doctor costs, we went through hospital costs, we went through prescription drug costs, and, and the last sort of thing that I want to go through is administrative costs. Um, and it, it is a known fact that administrative costs in U.S. healthcare is about twice as much as in Canada, it's it's 34% U.S. versus 17% in Canada. And I think the way to fix that is through just legislative action. Um, I, there's a bill by from Bill Cassidy with another, with a Democrat senator, sort of a bipartisan bill, to reduce administrative costs and time spent on administrative tasks. Um, by 50%. Now, th this does a secondary thing as well. By giving doctors less administrative tasks, they have more time to spend on patients, which gives them more, more opportunities to compete with other doctors for patients, which can further reduce prices. So the summing up, uh, again, this, this was sort of the short section of the podcast. Uh, hospital competition, um, prescription drug competition, uh, doctor competition, all three of those things, and most importantly, increasing the enrollment of students in medical school and getting rid of the sort of trade union that is the American Medical Association will lead to much lower costs without shortages, without lack of innovation. Um, without any sort of the uh, unintended consequences of government intervention in the market, but it, it will also lead to 
markedly lower prices. So it will be much, this system will be much cheaper, although I, I, don't, I don't know if it can be as cheap as Canada or Germany, but it, it will be much cheaper without any of the unintended consequences. So that, that's sort of my argument for why um, a market system is the best system to approach when looking at healthcare. Uh, as I've said, I mean, the prescription drug market is, is regulated from the, from the FDA. The hospital market is regulated from state governments. The, the, the doctor and medical personnel market is regulated from the, from the AMA. So what we're talking about here isn't actually a free market system. People call it a free market system, uh, but it's not. It's a highly regulated system with particular market aspects. And what that leads to is disparate outcomes. And so the sort of misnomer that's being put out there is that the United States is a market-based healthcare system, uh, which it's not. It's a highly regulated system meant to create, um, whether intended or unintended, uh, monopolies, uh, lack of competition, and th those are not tenants of a free market system. So before we go to a Medicare for all, which will reduce innovation, uh, induce some shortages, uh, the extent of which are unknown, and cost $32 trillion, um, we're going to, I think that we should try a free market approach first so that we don't get those unintended consequences on the side. See, the fundamental issue that I have with Medicare for all is that it doesn't actually try and deal with why costs are so high. It just subsidizes by redistributing wealth, which has its own consequences. Um, but if we all agree that spending on healthcare is so high, uh, and it's unnecessarily high. Why exactly are we giving government the responsibility to expend higher amounts of money on it? Uh, which, which doesn't make sense. We're solving the problem, but we're creating other problems because we're not dealing with the root cost, which is the prices are too high. And how do you, how do, how do you deal with the fact that the prices are too high without subsidizing? Um, and of course, it's a great political tool to use that, that the rich people are the reason why uh, healthcare isn't affordable. Um, and to some extent, the sort of monopolization of markets by very wealthy people in the industry and sort of the, the special interest to prevent a free market is a huge reason why um, costs haven't come down. Um, but it's an excellent political tool to use. Um, however, it, 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 it whitewashes away some of the fundamental wrongs in our healthcare system that no one's willing to address. And I think it's important that it's addressed here. I, I will say politically, just um, last sort of note, that the Republicans don't come up with solutions on this stuff. 
I mean, I mean, Paul, Paul Ryan's solution was Obamacare without the subsidies. And as we talked about last time, the, the sort of basis of the entire system was the subsidization. So, I mean, you, you can't create effective systems that aren't based on free market economics um, and just lower spending and attempt to pass that off as some sort of successful uh, replacement. So if you want to fix the healthcare system, it's not only incumbent on people on the left um, to sort of recognize the, the ability for a free market to function and how regulated our healthcare system really is. It, it isn't too free market, it's actually way, way too regulated. Uh, the people on the right have to actually come up with something that isn't just a carbon copy of Obamacare without, you know, the most important part of Obamacare, the spending. Um, so political responsibility lies on both shoulders. I, I, I think the, the, the Republican Party has made this a losing issue because they don't create any substantive real solutions. For them. And it's important that they do because there are solutions here that are in line with their principle, but who knows why they aren't addressing it. Um, and so, I mean, that that's sort of my political rant side of things. But I, I hope you guys learned something today, got a new perspective about healthcare that wasn't just Obamacare bad. And I hope this leads to something productive in terms of, I, I, I don't know if this is gonna lead to laws being passed or whatever, but, but at least some consideration of what can be done to solve our problems rather than uh, being upset about them uh, and not doing anything to solve them. Right. Uh, I'm trying to do my part. I know all of you are as well. I just hope this brings you a fresh perspective if you disagree with me. And if you agree with me, well, I'm happy to have you on board. Um, thanks for a great second edition of the podcast. Uh, we will be back hopefully sooner rather than later um, with a guest. I have no idea, idea what we're going to talk about next time, but uh, it will be fun. It will be entertaining. It will be uh, enthusiastic, and you will be able to learn something from it. It's going to be educational as well. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, signing off.